There's lots of advice telling you how to set and reach your goals. But before you dive in, it's a good idea to know God's plan for your life. Find joy in pursuing the next steps God has for you in Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, Forward, Discovering God's Presence and Purpose in Your Tomorrow. God does have a perfect plan for you, and it's time to embrace your life's purpose. It's time to move forward. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash forward. You've probably read books that touched your heart or changed your outlook. But there's only one book that can truly change your life. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah explains what it is about the Bible that makes it so profoundly personal and dynamic. With a special message profiling the power of God's Word, here's David to introduce a book that will change your life. And thank you so much for joining us. We're finishing out the month of September with some specially targeted messages toward the importance of the Bible. And I'm glad you've joined us today for the first part of this teaching from Psalm chapter 19. Friends, we um, have been doing something pretty routinely for many years. After the Christmas uh, holidays are finished, we like to get away for a few days and especially get to the warm country. And we've been doing these Caribbean cruises over the January 1st uh, holiday for many years. Now, of course, during COVID, we couldn't do anything like this. And it's been many months since we've been able to do this, but we're coming back to our cruise schedule on December the 30th as we go to the Caribbean aboard a Holland American cruise ship. We'll be visiting some beautiful ports of call, enjoying uh, so much time together with God's people, great music. We'll have uh, Michael Sanchez and Uriel Vega, all of our key musicians. We'd love for you to come with us. Once again, it's December 30th through January the 8th. It's a beautiful cruise to the warm waters of the Caribbean. Find more about it when you go to our website today. Well, let's get started. Here's our lesson, part one, the book that will change your life. Jack McDonald was born in San Mateo, California. He was a military brat, and he grew up basically all over the United States. He finished high school in New Jersey, attended college at Michigan State, where he eventually flunked out. Ultimately, he married and returned to California, where he became a buyer for Macy's department stores. The pressure of his job was incredible, and he responded to his pressure by drinking heavily, making a series of very bad decisions, which eventually landed him in jail. In fact, he spent time in jail in five different states. He became ultimately a fugitive, changing his name and his life story with each new person that he met so that the warrants that were out for him couldn't be traced. In 1980, he went to the phone book and picked a name out of the phone book. He decided to call himself Jeff Andrews. And from that moment on, that eventually became his legal name. He continued to run. Everywhere he went, he was looking over his shoulders. But one day, he got tired of it, and he turned himself in and began serving his sentence in Danbury, Connecticut. While he was there, by his own testimony, a guy named Gideon gave him a New Testament. 
And one night at three in the morning, he took that little book to the back of his cell, and by the light of the full moon, he began to read it. As he read 1 Corinthians 13, something hit him like a thunderbolt, and he instantly knew this little book was true. He received Jesus Christ as his Savior. And to make a long story short, Jeff is now the executive vice president of a computer company where he has worked for the last 17 years. And for the last 13 years, he's been involved with the prison fellowship, which is the base ministry from which Angel Tree has come. Today, his marriage is strong. His testimony is being used to direct many people to Jesus Christ. He was literally, in a moment, transformed by the Word of God. The Bible has always been a difference maker, making bad people good and good people better. It's also been a book that's been under heavy attack. Many have demanded that it be banned from use. Emperors have demanded its destruction. Church leaders have placed their superstitious traditions over it. And even smart seminary professors have written it off as being beneath their sophisticated scholarship. Yet as you know, the Bible's pages continue to glow with grace and continue to provide hope and meaning for all who will look to it for help. Its message remains to us the only inerrant, infallible, and complete revelation that we possess from God. And it is the testimony of not only godly, spiritual, and religious people that this is true, but it is the testimony of all of culture. For the Bible continues to be the best-selling book of all time. Not only is it the best-selling book of all time, it is the best-selling book every single year since the beginning. It has sold so many copies that there is nothing to compare it to in any other written form. Each year, men and women buy copies of the Bible because they believe that somehow, if they can understand what's in this book, it will change their life. And I believe the Bible's power to transform lives is best described in this psalm to which we have opened today, one of the most beautiful of all of the psalms that we have. More than any other psalm, Psalm 19 reflects the beauty and the splendor of Hebrew poetry. C.S. Lewis believed this psalm was the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. Another literary scholar wrote that Psalm 19 raises the psalmist to the status of a great poet who has stimulated the creative work of such eminent men as Beethoven. Certainly, Psalm 19 combines some of the most beautiful poetry with some of the greatest theology you will ever find in one place. And as we open our Bibles today to the 19th chapter of the book of Psalms, I want to share with you primarily from verses 7 through 11 the psalmist's reflection upon the power and the influence of God's Word. Now, the psalm in this section is organized in a beautiful way. This is why everybody looks to this psalm as a picture of parallel structure and beautiful symbolism and poetry. In the seventh verse of the 19th Psalm, we read, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, 
making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Now that's the text that we've opened to. But notice how it is organized by the psalmist. First of all, the synonyms or the nouns, and I'm going to take you back to your grammar for a moment. Synonyms are words that are like other words. They're words that are similar. So you have all of the synonyms for the Bible that are written by the psalmist. The psalmist refers to the Word of God as the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and the judgments of the Lord. All of those are just synonyms for the Bible. And they all have one thing in common if you look at them. They all reflect the thought that the Word of God is not something just to be looked at and read, but something to be obeyed. You obey the law and the statutes and the commandments and the judgments. The Bible is a book for us to obey. Those are the synonyms for the Bible. Now notice the adjectives. Now an adjective is a descriptive term for a noun. Adjectives describe nouns, adverbs describe verbs. So David tells us what he thinks about this book we call the Bible. He says this book is perfect. This book is sure. This book is right. It's pure. It's clean and it's true and it's righteous. You can read this psalm and learn what David thought of the Word of God. But I'm going to spend our time in the verbs, literally participial verbs, if you could say it that word. Participles end in ing. So here we have what the Word of God does. We found out what it is and how we describe it, but here's what the Word of God will do for you and for me. It converts the soul. It makes wise the simple. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. It endures forever. And by the Word of God, you are warned. And in keeping the Word of God, you are rewarded. Now, the question that comes when we open our Bibles to this section is why is it that we should be concerned about what the Bible can do for us? It's a very simple matter of motivation. If we don't believe the Bible can change us or transform us, why would we spend any time studying it? But if we stop for a moment and think about it, this book we call the Bible is an incredible book. It is the book. It is the only book. It is the only book that has within its pages the power to change and transform your life. And I want to take you through some of these things that the Bible says it will do for you if you will put it to use in your life. I hope it will be motivational to you, whether you're a new Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you've been a Christian for a long time. We understate and undersell the power of the Word of God. Let's echo the words of David today from this psalm and learn what we can learn. We learn, first of all, that the Bible will restore your soul. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The Bible has the possibility to bring you to a place of salvation. In fact, listen carefully. You cannot become a Christian without two things. You must have God's Word and God's Spirit to become a Christian. You don't get saved by osmosis. You don't get saved by going to church. 
you get saved through the power of the Word of God because in the Word of God alone is the message of salvation. In the earlier part of this psalm, we are told about how God's creation reveals who he is. But it is only through the Word of God that we understand how we're to respond to God. So if you want to become a Christian, you have to come to the Word of God. It may not be the opened book, but it will be the truth that came from that open book. Because without God's truth, you cannot become a Christian. You don't become a Christian by going through catechism. You don't become a Christian by a denominational affiliation. You become a Christian by putting your trust in Almighty God. And how you go about doing that and why you must do that is the message of God's Word. Listen, the message of Christianity is only found, men and women, in one place. It's not in a theology book. It's not in a seminary course. It's in the Bible. At the end of the book of John, after he had written about all the things that Jesus Christ had done and all the miracles that he had performed, John gave us a postscript to his gospel, which is very important. Listen to what he said. These things are written, he wrote, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. You could put that over the whole Bible. These things have been written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. The reason the Bible is so important is because without the Bible, you cannot become a Christian. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And 1 Peter says it this way, we are born again, not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible seed through the Word of God which lives and abides forever. This book, the Bible, is the message of salvation. And that's been illustrated to me over the years so many different times. When I was a pastor in Fort Wayne, early in my time there, a doctor began to come to our church. We were such a small church that when a doctor came to the church, everybody talked about, oh, there's a doctor in our church. I found out a little bit later that he was the leading dermatologist in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It surprised me one day after he'd been coming for a few weeks, he called me on the phone and he said, could I have some time? I have to talk with you. And I said, sure. So I met him for coffee and this is what he asked me. He said, uh, this is kind of embarrassing to me, but he said, my son came to your Sunday school this week and in the car on the way home, he said to me, daddy, can you buy me a Bible? And he said, all of a sudden I realized in our whole house, we didn't have one Bible. He said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't have a Bible. And he said, so what I want to ask you is, where do I go to get a Bible? So I was happy to give him some counsel on that. And he, I didn't have a study Bible yet, or I would have told him about that. But uh, <laughs> he told me, he went and got this Bible, and he began to read the Bible. And one day he asked me to come and see him. And I came to see him. He'd been reading the Bible. And I had the privilege of leading him to Christ. And his wife became a Christian. And of course, his son became a Christian. Interestingly enough, back in 1994, when I found out I had cancer, the first phone call I made was to that doctor. I said, I helped you once. I need you to help me. <laughs> Give me some counsel. What do I do? And he's the one who helped me get into Mayo Clinic. Over the years, I've watched his life and what God has done in his family. The Bible changed everything about him. His children grew up to love the Lord, went to Christian school. Some of them are in ministry. He and his wife are leading 
Bible studies and going forward, and their life has been changed. You know what the difference was? One day, his little boy asked him, Daddy, can you get me a Bible? And the Bible changed his life. Oh, it was Jesus who changed his life, but it was the Bible who told him about Jesus, and Jesus changed his life. I want to tell you something, men and women. This book, there's so many stories of how God has used this book to literally change the lives of men and women and whole cultures. This Bible, this book will restore your soul. But notice the psalmist goes on and he says, the Bible will renew your mind. God's word will give you a practical guidance that you need in your life. It is a source of instruction to help you know how to do life. You know, the Bible is God's owner's manual. I know that's a very tough word for us, especially those of us who are of the male species. Owner's manuals are those things that come in the box that tell you how to do what you bought. But now they're written in five languages, and so they're very discouraging. And you look at them and you say, well, I didn't want to read it anyway, so you put it away. And usually, when you don't read the instruction manual, later on, you wish you had. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Well, the Word of God is like that. The Word of God is God's instruction manual to us to renew our minds, to help us understand life, how to do life. If you want to have a good marriage, you will find great principles in this book. This book is filled with incredible business principles. If you're a businessman, you could do yourself a great deal of good by maybe putting down one or two of the positive mental attitude motivational books that you buy, which are not necessarily bad, but they could not possibly be as good as God's perspective on how to be a success as a business person. The books of wisdom in the Old Testament are filled with truth about how to be successful in life. So if you want to know how to do life, then you need to allow the Word of God to constantly be renewing your mind, and that's how it works. You see, we live in a world where all of us are bombarded by secular, much of it perverse information. How do we as Christians keep that from taking over in our lives and causing us to be just like everybody else? There's only one way that I know for that to be corrected, and that's to constantly be pumping God's Word through your spiritual system. It will push out some of that stuff and replace it with what God thinks. And when you do life the way the owner's manual tells you to do life, you will be glad you read the manual (laughs) because it will save you from so much grief and so much heartache and give you such joy as you walk with the Lord. The Bible says this is a process called the renewing of the mind. Romans 12, 2 talks about the renewing of your mind. And 2 Corinthians 4, 16 tells us that while our outward man is perishing, and we all know that's true, the inward man is being renewed day by day, and that renewal is through the Word of God. It's almost like a transfusion, if you will. The new comes in and it pushes the old out. And we become different because we've been spending time in God's book. The Bible will rejoice your heart. That's exactly what the text says. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The Bible will lift your spirit. It will buoy you up. It will give you a sense of joy. Sometimes when you read the Bible in certain places, you want to shout out loud even though you're all by yourself. If you read the Word of God, 
you will literally find yourself experiencing almost the whole gamut of emotions. But mostly you will find yourself with a spirit of joy because the Word of God lifts you up into the presence of who God is and helps you see yourself as God has made you to be and gives you hope in your life. You remember the story in the book of Luke about the two men who were walking on a road to Emmaus. And the Bible says as they walked along, they were talking about how they had hoped that this one who had been crucified was going to be their Savior, the one who would help them. And all of a sudden, as they walk, they're joined by a third person. And lo and behold, they don't know this, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the risen Lord. And the Bible tells us as they walked along, they were confused and concerned. And as they began to talk with Jesus and tell him about their thoughts, they began to hear him teach. And the Bible says he taught them the Scripture. I wish I could have heard that message, what he taught them from the Old Testament. And the Bible says that, well, let me just read to you what Luke 24 says about that moment. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the Scriptures to us? Have you ever had that experience? You're reading the Bible and you're going through something and all of a sudden you come to this passage and the Word of God just is almost like it becomes alive in your heart and your heart burns with the truth, the encouraging truth of God's Word. One day, an Australian woman named Darlene Sheck was battling depression and discouragement. It was back in 1993 to be exact, and, and her burdens were almost so overwhelming to her, she despaired of life. There seemed no solution for the problems she was facing, but her family had become a Christian family, and Darlene had begun to learn the power of God's Word. So that day she reached for her Bible and she began to read it and she came to Psalm 96 which says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all of its fullness. As she poured over Psalm 96, the Lord began to use his word to meet her innermost needs. And nearby was an old piano that Darlene's parents had given to her when she was five years old. Going over to the bench, she began improvising a song based on Psalm 96. And as she praised the Lord from Psalm 96, her depression began to lift and her faith and her joy returned. It never dawned on her that day that the song she wrote would become one of the most popular praise and worship songs of all time. Shout to the Lord, she wrote. And when we sing that song, we need to remember that it was written by someone who was depressed until she read the Psalms. And the Word of God buoyed her up and gave her that wonderful song of praise. Mm. You know, we all know what it's like to be in a situation where we're kind of lost. I think that's been true for us more in recent days than ever before, just because of what's been happening but you know when you're lost, the place you should go to are the Psalms. The Psalms help you find your way. Um, the old adage is that David starts every psalm with a sigh and he ends every psalm with a song. That's kind of what happens. You, you hear him talking about what he's going through. You identify so much with his words and then you walk with him along the way toward hope. It kind of reminds me of the title of our calendar for the new year moving toward hope. That's what the Psalms do. They move you toward hope. 
And uh, I'm so glad you've joined us today so we could begin to help you understand, as we all revel in this truth, that the book we call the Bible is a book that will change your life. Before we say our final goodbye, I'm almost out of time to tell you about the resource for the month of September. It's the beautiful calendar, Moving Toward Hope. It is a 14-month calendar that begins uh, November the 1st and 21 and goes all the way through 22 with beautiful photography on every page. It's a place where you can jot down all of your appointments. You can put this up on the wall where you can see it, and hopefully others will see it too and be blessed by the vision uh, that is captured in this photography, Moving Toward Hope. The calendar is yours for a gift of any size during the month of September. And if you've looked at the calendar, you know September's almost gone. So be sure to get your gift in the mail today. And when you send your gift, be as generous as you can, but be sure and ask for the calendar, and we'll make sure it gets to you right away. We also want to remind you that we have some rallies coming up in the fall Just a few days from now, we're going to be in Tampa, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to be in Houston and Fort Worth, Texas. You can find out the details of these events, the places. You can get tickets. They'll be delivered electronically to you. You can come and be with us. I hope you will do that. But most of all, I hope that today you'll have a blessed day. God will use you to touch somebody's life and encourage them. We'll be back here tomorrow with the next edition of Turning Point. For more information on today's special message from Dr. David Jeremiah, be sure to visit our website, where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2022, Moving Toward Hope filled with scriptures and images to encourage your walk. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to instantly access our content. Get all the details when you visit our website davidjeremiah.org slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we conclude our series of special messages from Dr. David Jeremiah here on Turning Point. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash jsb. A Latin proverb from many centuries ago lines up perfectly with the wisdom of Solomon in the biblical book of Proverbs. The Latin proverb says, Any man can make a mistake, but it takes a fool to keep making it. 
And that reminds me of the definition I once heard of a fanatic, a person who redoubles his efforts in spite of doing the wrong thing. A fool in the Bible is the person who pridefully persists in doing the wrong thing even after realizing he's made a mistake. A wise person, on the other hand, is the one who learns the lesson God provides and acts accordingly. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's wisdom on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.